Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on hardness of heart. I have a book on this. This is something that the Lord showed me 30-something years ago, and it has just become a vital part of everything I do. Every single day, I evaluate, am I really focused on God? Am I seeking God the way I should? And that's what this whole book is about. If you fail to seek God, and to make Him the main focus of your life, then your heart will become hardened towards God. And that means cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. It doesn't have to be sin that you're committing, just a lack of focus upon God, being uh, preoccupied, being dominated by the natural realm will harden your heart towards God. Now, those are some radical statements, and I know some of you may disagree with that and say, oh, no, I don't believe that's true. I believe only people who are God-haters and are living in total rebellion towards God are people with hardened hearts. And I hadn't got time to go back and reestablish it, but I'm telling you that you can have... You could be a very moral person. You could love God and yet be a very insensitive person to God because you're just completely dominated and controlled by this natural world and natural things. You can be a very moral, hard-hearted person towards God. That's amazing. And yesterday, I was talking about how that God made our hearts this way so that whatever your focus is upon, your heart becomes dominated by that. And He made us this way, I believe, for a positive reason, because we live in a negative world. And some people live in very negative situations, and some of it's beyond your control. You know, I've been studying some recently about slavery and people that were in slavery, and, and some people were birthed into that situation, and there was nothing that they could do about it. They were in a negative situation, and yet so many of these slaves that I've read about, man, they had a relationship with God, and even though they were enslaved in their physical body, in their hearts they were free, Many of those people were freer than people watching this program who have never been in physical slavery, but you are in emotional slavery because you're just letting the things of this world dominate you. I've had uh, many people that I've talked to who were in prison, and in the natural, they were incarcerated and restricted. But this one man, I just listened to his testimony last night, uh, Johan and his wife, Brenda. We have a testimony about them that is just awesome. And I watched it uh, last night. And Johan was in prison for 10 years, but he was so free because he turned his life over to the Lord. And God made our hearts this way so that whatever you're focused upon, that dominates you. And you could be in prison. You could be in slavery. You could be in a, a physical situation where your body is hurting. You could be in a financial situation. You could be in all of these negative things. And yet you can put your focus so much on God that you are rejoicing and having the time of your life, even though in the natural, it's not a good situation. 
THERE WAS A WOMAN WHO WORKED FOR ME WHO SMOKED, I MEAN, CHAIN SMOKER, AND SHE DIED OF LUNG CANCER. I WAS WITH HER THE DAY THAT SHE DIED. I WASN'T THERE THE DAY, THE EXACT TIME SHE DIED, BUT JUST AN HOUR OR TWO BEFORE SHE DIED. AND I TOLD HER I DIDN'T REALLY KNOW HOW TO PRAY BECAUSE SHE WAS STILL SMOKING EVEN AFTER BEING DIAGNOSED WITH CANCER, GOING THROUGH TREATMENTS, SHE WAS STILL DOING IT. AND I SAID, THERE'S JUST CONSEQUENCES. I MAY BE WRONG IN THAT. SOME PEOPLE WILL CRITICIZE ME, BUT I... ANYWAY, I, I, I DIDN'T CONDEMN HER. I, I SAID, BUT THERE'S JUST CONSEQUENCES TO THE WAY YOU'VE LIVED, AND YOU GOT LUNG CANCER, AND IT'S KILLING YOU. SO WHAT I DID, WHAT I HAD FAITH TO DO WAS TO PRAY THAT SHE WOULD HAVE NO PAIN. AND I MEAN, SHE WAS HAVING TREMENDOUS PAIN, AND HER PAIN JUST LEFT. AND HER FAMILY TOLD ME THAT WHEN SHE ACTUALLY DIED, THERE WAS ABSOLUTELY NO PAIN. I MEAN, I BELIEVED AND GOD INTERVENED, BUT THERE WASN'T A TOTAL HEALING BECAUSE SHE WAS JUST... SHE GAVE PLACE TO THIS, AND YOU SMOKE CIGARETTES, IT'S GOING TO DESTROY YOUR LUNGS. ANYWAY, MY POINT IS THAT THIS WOMAN AND HER HUSBAND uh, WERE FRIENDS OF MINE, PERSONAL FRIENDS. AND WHEN SHE DIED, THIS MAN JUST LITERALLY... Uh, he, HE LOVED HER SO MUCH. AT THE FUNERAL, THEY HAD A SONG THAT THEY SANG. IT WASN'T, a, it wasn't a, LIKE A SCRIPTURAL SONG OR a, YOU KNOW, A CHURCH SONG. IT WAS A SECULAR SONG ABOUT LOVE THAT HE SANG TO HER EVERY DAY. AND THEY JUST HAD THIS GREAT RELATIONSHIP. AND AT THE FUNERAL, HE SANG A LITTLE BIT OF THAT SONG. AND I MEAN, IT WAS REALLY TOUCHING TO SEE THE WAY THAT HE LOVED HIS WIFE. AND WHEN SHE DIED, HE JUST WENT INTO A TAILSPIN. AND HE WAS STRUGGLING. AND HE WAS A BORN-AGAIN BELIEVER, SPIRIT-FILLED, SPOKE IN TONGUES. HE HAD A RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD, BUT HE WAS JUST IN A BAD SPOT IN HIS LIFE. AND I WENT OVER AND TALKED TO HIM A FEW TIMES. AND AFTER... I FORGET WHAT PERIOD OF TIME IT WAS. AFTER A FEW MONTHS, ALL OF A SUDDEN, HIS LIFE JUST TURNED AROUND. AND I MEAN, HE BEGAN TO START BEING HAPPY AND HAVING JOY. AND I REMEMBER GOING OVER TO HIS HOUSE AND TALKING TO HIM. AND HE SAYS, I DON'T SHARE THIS WITH MANY PEOPLE BECAUSE THEY WON'T UNDERSTAND IT. BUT HE SAYS, I AM HAPPIER NOW THAN I HAVE EVER BEEN IN MY LIFE. AND THE REASON HE DIDN'T SHARE THAT IS BECAUSE SOME PEOPLE WOULD INTERPRET THAT AS YOU'RE HAPPY BECAUSE you're, YOU DON'T HAVE THIS WIFE ANYMORE. NO, IT WAS JUST THE OPPOSITE. HIS WHOLE LIFE, it was, IT WAS IMPLODING UPON HIM. HE WAS UNABLE TO LIVE. AND WHAT HE DID, HE CALLED OUT TO THE LORD. HE FOCUSED UPON THE LORD. HE GOT HIS ATTENTION BEYOND THE PHYSICAL, NATURAL, EMOTIONAL THINGS THAT HE WAS DEALING WITH, AND HE FINALLY CONNECTED WITH THE LORD IN A WAY THAT HE HAD NEVER DONE BEFORE. AND EVEN THOUGH HE WAS MISSING HIS WIFE, AND THAT DIDN'T CHANGE, HE STILL MISSED HER, NOW HE HAD THE LORD MINISTERING TO HIM AND RELEASING HIS LOVE INTO HIS LIFE IN SUCH A WAY THAT HE SAYS, THIS IS THE BEST TIME OF HIS ENTIRE LIFE. THAT DIDN'T MEAN THAT HE QUIT MISSING HIS WIFE, BUT THE the SUPPLY OF THE LORD WAS SO MUCH GREATER THAN THE NEED THAT HE HAD THAT IT JUST CHANGED EVERYTHING. AND SEE, GOD HAS MADE OUR HEARTS THIS WAY, THAT YOU MAY BE IN A BAD SITUATION THAT YOU AREN'T GOING TO GET OUT OF TODAY. AND YET YOU CAN FOCUS YOUR HEART AND YOUR ATTENTION UPON THE LORD. YOU CAN ENTER INTO RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD AND YOU CAN ACTUALLY BE REJOICING WHILE EVERYBODY ELSE AROUND YOU IS CRYING, WHILE EVERYBODY ELSE IS THINKING, YOU'VE LOST YOUR MIND. <laughs> YOU DID LOSE YOUR MIND, AND YOU ACCEPTED THE MIND OF CHRIST, AND YOU WERE BEGINNING TO LOOK AT THINGS DIFFERENTLY. YOU KNOW, I'VE TAKEN A LOT OF THIS TEACHING OUT OF MARK CHAPTER 6, AND LET ME JUST BACK UP. The, I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT WHERE JESUS WALKED ON THE WATER TO HIS DISCIPLES, AND uh, THEY WERE SHOCKED TO SEE HIM. AND THE SCRIPTURE SAYS IN MARK 6, 52, IT WAS BECAUSE THEIR HEART WAS HARDENED 
and they and their heart was hardened because they hadn't considered the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So let me just back up for a second and look at this where Jesus had been ministering for days and the people were hungry. They had come out into a desert area and there was nothing to eat. There was no convenience stores around there. And if he, he says, if I send the people home, they're going to faint along the way. What are we going to do? And uh, the disciples said in Mark chapter 6, verse 36, send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered, Jesus answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? A penny was a day's wage. You can see that in one of the parables that Jesus gave about a man hiring people and he gave them each a penny for a day's wage. So 200 penny worth of bread is 200 days worth of income. And it depends on, you know, what people make. But man, in, in today's money, this would be a minimum of $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 or something like that. In other words, he's saying that, man, a lot of money wouldn't be enough to buy bread for all of these people. And Jesus responded in verse 38, and he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fish. Some of the other accounts of this, Matthew and Luke and John's account, show that this was a little boy that had, uh, it was his lunch. And it was just enough lunch for a little boy, not including the 5,000 men. There were women and children there. We know there were children because it was a young boy that gave this lunch. So I suspect that there was probably 5,000 minimum, but probably 10,000, 15,000 people. And, um, and Jesus in verse 39 commanded them to make all uh, sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And the two fish divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled and took up uh, 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. Man, that is an awesome miracle. But what I wanted to point out was in verse 41. Jesus had a need. He had a need to feed probably 10 or 15,000 people, and all he had was five little tiny loaves of bread and two small fish. I actually heard Rick Renner preach on this, and he went into the Greek words, and he said it was more like he had five crackers and two little sardines. He was describing small fish and small crackers and stuff. And so he had just this tiny bit of food to feed 10 or 15,000 people. Now, this is an illustration of what I've been talking about, that your heart can either be so focused on the natural that it is only limited to the natural. And if Jesus had been limited to only the natural realm, he could not have seen this miracle happen. But it says he looked up to heaven. And the word looked up here is the Greek word anablepo. Blepo means to see or have sight. Anna means again or twice. So you could say that he looked twice at this. When it says he lifted up his eyes to heaven, that didn't mean that he just 
LIFTED HIS HEAD. IT'S NOT TALKING ABOUT THE INCLINATION OF HIS HEAD, BUT IT'S SAYING THAT HE SAW PAST JUST THE NATURAL REALM AND HE SAW INTO THE SPIRITUAL REALM. HE SAW THE ABILITY OF GOD INSTEAD OF THE LIMITATION OF JUST THE PHYSICAL, NATURAL THINGS THAT HE HAD IN HIS HAND. MAN, THAT'S HUGE. THIS IS EXACTLY WHAT I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT FOR THREE WEEKS. WE LIVE IN A FALLEN WORLD. WE LIVE IN A NATURAL WORLD. YOU HAVE TO USE YOUR SENSES TO DRIVE A CAR, TO FLY A PLANE, TO GO TO WORK, TO DEAL WITH THINGS. YOU CAN'T JUST CLOSE YOUR EYES TO THE WORLD AND OPERATE uh, IN EXCLUSIVITY TO THE SPIRIT. YOU HAVE TO DEAL WITH THE NATURAL REALM TO A DEGREE, BUT YOU HAVE TO BE ABLE TO SEE BEYOND THE NATURAL REALM AND SEE THAT LITTLE IS MUCH WHEN GOD IS IN IT. SEE THAT THIS LITTLE TINY FIVE CRACKERS AND TWO SMALL MINNOWS COULD BE MULTIPLIED TO FEED A MULTITUDE. YOU CAN'T DO THAT IF you if ALL YOU DO IS JUST THINK IN THE NATURAL REALM. YOU HAVE TO BE ABLE TO SEE BEYOND THIS PHYSICAL REALM. YOU HAVE TO BE ABLE TO SEE AGAIN, TO SEE TWICE. Not all, YOU DON'T DENY THE PHYSICAL WORLD, BUT YOU HAVE TO BE ABLE TO LOOK BEYOND THE PHYSICAL WORLD. AND IT DOESN'T HAPPEN AUTOMATICALLY. IT IS NOT JUST THE NATURAL THING. NATURALLY, LEFT TO YOURSELF, YOU WILL BE JUST LIMITED TO WHAT YOU CAN SEE, TASTE, HEAR, SMELL, AND FEEL. BUT WHEN YOU GET INTO THE WORD OF GOD, WHEN YOU GET INTO A RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD, YOU PRAY AND SEEK HIM, EVEN IN THE MIDST OF NEGATIVE SITUATIONS, YOU CAN SEE THINGS THAT OTHERS DON'T SEE. YOU CAN SEE BEYOND THE LIMITATIONS OF THE NATURAL, AND YOU CAN SEE INTO THE SUPERNATURAL. I TALKED ABOUT THIS EARLIER THIS WEEK, BUT IN 2009, WHEN THE GREAT RECESSION HAPPENED AND EVERYBODY WAS DOWNSIZING, WE HAVE OVER 200 PARACHURCH MINISTRIES IN THE COLORADO SPRINGS AREA, AND I HAVE ACCESS TO MOST OF THEM. AND THERE'S ONLY TWO MINISTRIES, ONE A CHURCH AND ONE A MINISTRY THAT I'M AWARE OF, OUT OF 200, THAT DIDN'T PLAN ON DOWNSIZING IN THE YEAR 2009 BECAUSE OF THE GREAT RECESSION. THEY BUDGETED FOR IT. THEY EXPECTED DECREASES. BUT MYSELF, MAN, THAT'S WHEN GOD TOLD ME I NEEDED TO INCREASE. AND WE INCREASED HUGE. I THINK IT WAS 25% WE WENT UP THAT YEAR IN FINANCES. BECAUSE YOU KNOW WHAT? I WASN'T IGNORANT OF WHAT WAS HAPPENING IN THE NATURAL. I WASN'T IGNORANT OF THE FACT THAT THE uh, PEOPLE THAT DIDN'T KNOW THE LORD OR DIDN'T TRUST THE LORD WERE PANICKING AND THAT THEY WERE COMMITTING SUICIDE BECAUSE THE FINANCIAL REALM WAS SO BAD. I WASN'T IGNORANT OF THAT. I WAS AWARE OF IT. I SAW IT, BUT I SAW BEYOND THAT. I WAS ABLE TO SEE WITH MY HEART THAT, MAN, I HAD A WORD FROM GOD, AND BECAUSE OF IT, I SAW GOD COME THROUGH, AND WE EXPERIENCED TREMENDOUS INCREASE, ONE OF THE GREATEST INCREASE YEAR OF EXPANSION THAT WE'VE EVER HAD IN OUR MINISTRY. I'M TELLING YOU THAT THIS this IS WHAT THIS TEACHING ON THE HARDNESS OF HEART IS ALL ABOUT. YES, WE'RE GOING TO HAVE NEGATIVE THINGS COME AGAINST OUR BODY, OUR FINANCES, OUR RELATIONSHIPS, OUR EMOTIONS, AND THINGS LIKE THIS, BUT YOU CAN LOOK BEYOND JUST THE NATURAL THING THAT'S HAPPENING, AND IN YOUR HEART CAN BE SO FOCUSED ON GOD THAT YOU ARE REJOICING RIGHT IN THE MIDST OF A SITUATION THAT IN THE NATURAL WOULD HAVE MADE YOU CRY. THAT'S NOT ONLY POSSIBLE, THAT IS THE NORMAL CHRISTIAN LIFE. AGAIN, I REFER TO A VERSE THAT I ENDED YESTERDAY'S PROGRAM WITH, ISAIAH 26, 3, THE LORD WILL KEEP HIM IN PERFECT PEACE WHOSE MIND IS STAYED UPON HIM BECAUSE HE TRUSTETH IN HIM. 
THAT SAYS THE LORD WILL KEEP YOU IN PERFECT PEACE. AND THERE WERE NO QUALIFICATIONS EXCEPT IN HARD ECONOMIC TIMES, EXCEPT WHEN SOMEBODY AROUND YOU HAS DIED, EXCEPT WHEN YOU'VE BEEN GIVEN A DEATH SENTENCE OR SOMETHING. NO, THERE WAS NO EXCEPTIONS. YOU CAN STAY IN PERFECT PEACE. YOU CAN HAVE REJOICING. IT SAYS IN THE NEW COVENANT, PHILIPPIANS CHAPTER 4, REJOICE IN THE LORD ALWAYS. AND AGAIN, I SAY REJOICE. JESUS TOLD HIS DISCIPLES THE NIGHT BEFORE HIS CRUCIFIXION, HE SAYS, IN THE WORLD YOU SHALL HAVE TRIBULATION. HE COULD HAVE SAID, LIKE, IN THE NEXT HOUR WHEN THEY COME TO ARREST ME AND YOUR LIFE IS IN JEOPARDY. BUT HE SAYS, IN THE WORLD YOU SHALL HAVE TRIBULATION, BUT BE OF GOOD CHEER. I HAVE OVERCOME THE WORLD. HE TOLD THEM TO REJOICE IN THE MIDST OF THIS TERRIBLE SITUATION WHEN THEY'RE GOING TO SEE HIM ARRESTED AND CRUCIFIED. HE SAID IN JOHN CHAPTER 14, VERSE 1, LET NOT YOUR HEART BE TROUBLED. YOU BELIEVE IN GOD, BELIEVE ALSO IN ME. THAT WASN'T A SUGGESTION, IT'S A COMMAND. AND AGAIN, THAT WAS GIVEN THE NIGHT BEFORE HIS CRUCIFIXION. AND THEY WERE NOT SUPPOSED TO BE TROUBLED BY THAT. THAT that SEEMS IMPOSSIBLE, AND YET THIS IS WHAT JESUS SAID. YOUR HEART CAN BE SO FOCUSED ON GOD, EVEN THOUGH YOU'RE AWARE OF THINGS, EVEN THOUGH YOU'RE ABLE TO FUNCTION IN THE NATURAL REALM, AND YOU'RE ABLE TO WORK A JOB AND DEAL WITH THE PROBLEMS THAT COME. I'M NOT SAYING THAT YOU'D STICK YOUR HEAD IN THE SAND AND IGNORE THEM AND DENY IT. FAITH ISN'T DENYING A PHYSICAL PROBLEM. FAITH IS JUST AN ABILITY TO SEE BEYOND IT, LIKE JESUS DID. ANABLEPO, YOU SEE TWICE. YOU SEE BEYOND THE PHYSICAL, AND YOU LOOK BEHIND THE SCENES IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM, AND YOU KNOW THAT NO WEAPON THAT IS FORMED AGAINST YOU IS GOING TO PROSPER. YOU you DON'T DENY THAT THE WEAPON IS THERE, BUT YOU JUST SAY, IT'S NOT GOING TO PROSPER. THE END RESULT OF THIS IS, I'M GOING TO WIN. GOD'S ON MY SIDE. IF GOD'S FOR ME, WHO CAN BE AGAINST ME? AND YOU JUST LOOK BEYOND THE PHYSICAL THING. THIS IS HOW JESUS FED THESE 5,000 PEOPLE WITH THESE FIVE LITTLE CRACKERS AND TWO SMALL MINNOWS, WAS HE LOOKED BEYOND THE PHYSICAL AND HE WAS SEEING WITH HIS HEART. HIS HEART WAS SO FOCUSED UPON GOD. HE WAS IN SO MUCH RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD THAT NOTHING BOTHERED HIM. THE STORM DIDN'T BOTHER HIM. HE WALKED ON TOP OF THE VERY THING THAT WAS DROWNING HIS DISCIPLES. AND IT WAS BECAUSE OF HIS FOCUS. YOUR HEART CAN BECOME SO FOCUSED ON GOD, SO IN TUNE WITH GOD, THAT WHEN SOMETHING NEGATIVE HAPPENS, YOU JUST REJOICE. IT'S NO BIG DEAL. YOU KNOW, I'VE GIVEN THIS TESTIMONY BEFORE, BUT THE VERY FIRST BOOK THAT I EVER WROTE, I DIDN'T HAVE THE MONEY TO DO IT, AND SO I WENT TO MY PARTNERS AND I PRE-SOLD COPIES OF IT. AND I FORGET THE EXACT FIGURE NOW, BUT I THINK IT WAS $25,000 TO PRINT A HARDBACK COPY OF THIS FIRST BOOK, THE LIVING IN THE BALANCE OF GRACE AND FAITH. AND uh, I PRE-SOLD IT, AND I GAVE IT TO THE PUBLISHER, AND IT TURNED OUT THAT THE SALESMAN FOR THIS PUBLISHER STOLE THE MONEY FROM ME, FROM NIKKI CRUZ, FROM CHARLES Stanley, STANLEY, ALL OF US. He, THIS SAME SALESMAN TOOK ALL OF OUR MONEY AND HE SKIPPED OUT TO MEXICO. AND SO WE HAD NOTHING. AND IN ORDER TO GET THE BOOK REPRINTED AND FULFILL THE COMMITMENT THAT I'D MADE TO MY PARTNERS, I HAD TO COME UP WITH, I THINK IT WAS AN ADDITIONAL 40-SOMETHING THOUSAND DOLLARS TO ACTUALLY GET THE BOOK PRINTED. HE HAD LOW-BALLED THE PRICE SAYING THAT HE WOULD GIVE US THIS GREAT PRICE IF WE WOULD PAY UP FRONT. I WAS NAIVE. I FELL FOR IT. I LOST THE 25,000. THEN I HAD TO COME UP WITH AN ADDITIONAL 40-SOMETHING THOUSAND. ALTOGETHER, IT WAS OVER 60, NEARLY 70,000 DOLLARS. AND THAT, AT THAT TIME, THIS WAS BACK MAN, I'M NOT EVEN SURE, BUT PROBABLY IN THE 1980s, EARLY 1980s, MY ENTIRE INCOME 
was probably only two or three hundred thousand dollars per year. And yet I had lost seventy thousand dollars. It was at least three or four months worth of income. And it was just a, a, a mountain that could have destroyed my ministry. I remember the day that my staff came to me, explained what had happened, apologized, and said, what are we going to do? And if, if you were to talk to those people over there, my whole staff, about five of us, were standing there when they told me this. And because I had been focused on the Lord, because I was sensitive to God, my heart was sensitive to Him, I didn't ignore the physical realm. I didn't say, this didn't happen. No, I acknowledged that it happened. We, we made a mistake and we lost money and it was going to, it had the potential of destroying us. And I acknowledged it. But within, I'd say, 10 seconds, probably less than 10 seconds, I had scriptures come back to me. Proverbs chapter 6, if you catch a thief, he has to restore sevenfold or give all of the substance of his house to repay. And I said, this is nothing but the devil coming against us. And I said, seven times, whatever that amount was, 70,000 or whatever, I figured out, man, our income's going to increase that much this year. We're getting this back. And I began to rejoice and start praising God. I'm sure some of my staff probably thought I had uh, lost my mind, gone crazy. But see, because my heart was sensitive to God, I didn't deny the facts, but I was able to look beyond them and see a positive thing coming out of it. And I began to rejoice when in the natural, you'd have wanted to cry. And sure enough, that year, I mean, it was nearly to the dollar, exactly seven times that amount that that man stole from us. And see, that's an example of your heart can be so focused on God. You can be so in tune with God that you just know God has got it covered. God's got your back. God's going to take care of this. And when something happens, you don't deny that it happens, but your, your heart is just so stayed on God that you'll find some way to see a silver lining to this cloud. You'll see some way through it. That's what Jesus did. He took this little bit of food and He saw past the physical realm and He saw into the spiritual realm. And you know, this same word, anablepo, is used over in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus prayed for a blind man and said, what do you, He made him look up. Or he, he asked him, first of all, what do you see? And he said, I see men as trees walking. He made him look up to see again, to see twice. And that time his sight was restored perfectly. That same uh, principle, it's in the Hebrew, but it's the equivalent. The same word is used in Daniel chapter 4, when Nebuchadnezzar had been operating in pride and thinking that all of the things he had done was by his own power. He didn't acknowledge God. And so God made him like an animal. And for seven years, he lived out in the woods with no clothes on. His hair grew like fur on an animal. His fingernails grew like claws. And he ate uh, grass. I mean, the strongest, most powerful man on the planet at that time became an animal for seven years and at the end of those seven years, the prophecy of the Lord came to pass. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the one that wrote Daniel chapter 4. And he says, I looked up and recognized that God ruled in the affairs of man. He saw with his heart. He saw past the natural and recognized it was God that had enabled him to conquer the known world. Man, I'm out of time today, but please get this teaching on hardness art. I tell you, this will help you it will be a blessing. I have it in the book. I have CDs and DVDs. If you'll listen, our announcer 
We'll give you information about how you can get these products. Please call or write and then join me again tomorrow as we continue the gospel truth. Andrew's book, A Hardness of Hearts, my heart was hard towards the things of God. And that, that book explained to me about that. It was sensitive to the things of the world, even people, which was okay, but it wasn't sensitive to the Word and to God. I just didn't understand that as a Christian, I could have a, a hardened heart. It stops me from receiving. Andrew's complete series titled Hardness of Heart is available in either a CD or DVD album and a book in either English or Spanish. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. Hardness of heart is something that just revolutionized me. It, it was a revelation that has really given direction to my life, that I try and spend as much time as possible considering, focused on the things of God, because it makes my heart sensitive to God. This will help you, so request these materials today. You can get these products as part of the Hardness of Heart package, which includes both books and your choice of either CD or DVD albums from both Hardness of Heart and How to Become a Water Walker. The Hardness of Heart package has a catalog value of $75, but you can receive all of these valuable resources for just $55. Andrew's book, Hardness of Heart, is also available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are making a difference in lives around the world. Lives like Johan, a former drug dealer from Holland. While in prison, Johan had a supernatural encounter with Jesus, where instead of shame and condemnation, he felt God's unconditional love and grace. Without proper knowledge of the Bible, Johan's liberty in Christ was stolen by the enemy in the form of works-based religion. That is, until he came across Andrew Womack on YouTube. My eye fell on the teaching of a better way to pray. I was thrown back into the same freedom that I had when I was receiving Jesus in my prison cell. Since then, Johan and his wife Brenda have graduated Karis Netherlands and are actively sharing the gospel throughout Holland and Brazil. 
To see Johan's full grace encounter, visit awmi.net today. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I want to invite you to come to a special conference that I'm holding on April the 30th through May the 1st with Jesse Duplantis. We're calling it a Don't Limit God conference. Jesse is a visionary. I'm a visionary, and we're going to be sharing with you how God has caused us to just believe big, and we're seeing big things happen, and I know it would work for you, too. It'll be held at our facilities in Woodland Park, Colorado. It's April the 30th through May the 1st, our Don't Limit God conference.